Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In a couple previous programs, I referenced a column by the outstanding economist, economics professor, Walter Williams, which was published via the Daily Signal, which is an online publication of the Heritage Foundation. And that column was titled, Colleges, a Force for Evil. And one thing that I didn't (laughs) specifically state, I was remiss in not doing so, was even though I referenced this Brookings Institution poll that he was citing, I failed to say anything about the Brookings Institution. Now, listeners, uh, you're probably aware that the Heritage Foundation is considered conservative by many. When I say conservative, I don't mean Tea Party, and I do not mean arch-conservative or whatever that is, or certainly not far-right or anything like that. It's more mainstream, for sure, but conservative. And lo and behold, this poll that Walter Williams cited is from an organization that is anything but the Heritage Foundation. Brookings Institution is a foremost think tank and political speak tank and is oriented to assist political activism to provide support, uh, ideological support, and so on and so forth. But of the leftist variety, okay, and views concerning it will vary as views concerning the Heritage Foundation will vary. But it is fascinating when the Brookings Institution states that 51% of students, according to their poll, think that it's acceptable to shout down a speaker with whom they disagree. Approximately 20% of students hold that it's acceptable to use violence to prevent a speaker from speaking. And over 50% say colleges should prohibit speech and viewpoints that might offend certain people, any people, (laughs) or at least the people of their persuasions. When, When the Brookings Institutions gives these results. It's even more damning than it would be if these results were from a poll by the Heritage Foundation because the Brookings Institution is ever so progressive, leftist, socialist, left-leaning, whatever you want to refer to it as, it is on the left. So I just wanted to go back and mention that. 
Now, Walter Williams is an outstanding thinker and educator. And when he says colleges a force for evil, that is really something. Again, even more damning, you might say, than if I were to say it. And I have said it uh, previously. But especially from a man as courtly and diplomatic as Walter Williams. And then he has a brother in arms, you could say, Thomas Sowell. Again, outstanding professor, outstanding educator, outstanding thinker and writer, both he and Walter Williams. Walter Williams at George Mason University in Northern Virginia, in Fairfax, Virginia, and Thomas Sowell, with the Hoover Institution at Stanford University in the Silicon Valley area of Northern California, uh, Santa Clara, California, south, ever so slightly west, perhaps, depending how the coastline deviates from San Francisco. Both of these men, unlike myself, are men of color, Both of these men are deeply, deeply schooled in institutions of higher education. They are entrenched in academia. They have been in the ivory palaces, you could say, in terms of what they have been exposed to, what they are privy to. So their viewpoint is certainly different from mine, and it's not that I haven't been to college, university, and so forth and beyond, but their viewpoint, very different from mine. And of course, our black activists, our blacktivists, you know, the... Barack Hussein Obama's and all of those, uh, they would hold that these two outstanding, outstanding men are Uncle Toms and so on and so forth and all manner of uh, dishonorable, shameful abuse they heap upon these two men. These two men come under attack because of their intellectual honesty, their intellectual integrity and personal integrity, and their brilliance. Well, I'm going to just make reference to a couple things in a very general way that Thomas Sowell referred to some time back. I'm not going to quote from him. I'm not going to read a column from him. It was not in the Daily Signal, unlike Walter Williams' column. But I will reference it very shortly. But first, perhaps you saw this about the United States Treasury Department purportedly targeting, you know, that's a loaded word, right? Very loaded. 
uh, targeting companies in the Russian Federation and in communist China. For doing what? Why are we picking on Russian and Chinese, communist Chinese companies? What a terrible thing this Trump administration is doing vis-a-vis the U.S. Treasury Department against our allies, most favored nation, communist China and Russia. Why would we do such a thing? Well, uh, and this was this month here in August, very short time ago, is that the Treasury Department put sanctions on communist China's Dalian Sun Moon Star International Logistics Trading Company. How's that for a mouthful? Try repeating that three times quickly, backwards or something. Yes, China's Dalian Sun Moon Star International Logistics Trading Company and Singapore-based affiliate SINSMS, all caps, PTE, only initial cap, limited. And... The reason that they were sanctioned was for collaborating, conspiring in, you could say, breaking a blockade and running a blockade and providing, by hook and crook, providing assistance to the North Korean communist regime of Kim Jong and Kim Jong Un. Well, the Russian company was Profinet PTE Limited. PTE I am taking is a an abbreviation for petroleum. I'm guessing. It's just a guess, but could be wrong, could be mistaken. And the, the, the means that they have used to covertly accomplish this, they've done it by illegal ship-to-ship transfers. So they do not come into the North Korean ports. Instead, instead they meet up out in open water. Illegal ship-to-ship transfers are the most prominent means by which this is being accomplished, by which this is being done. And Nikki Haley, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., she said, quote, we have photographic proof, or I'm, I'm deviating from the quote, pardon me. We have photographs of proof of ship-to-ship transfers, end quote. So, my version of that. We have photographic proof of these transfers, these illegal transfers of materials being made from one ship to another. Alexandrovich 
Kochanov, who is Russian, first name Vasily, Vasily, he is the director general of Profinet PTE Limited, which again, I believe PTE stands for petroleum. He was cited personally, in addition to the company. Okay. So, our U.S. Treasury Department cited these two communist Chinese firms and this Russian one and this Russian individual, which I think is particularly interesting (laughs) that it would cite a person, but went after him. And they mentioned the U.S. Treasury Department mentioned that that company, the Russian company, had provided port services at least six times to North Korean flagged vessels that have previously been sanctioned. So not only the ship-to-ship transfers, but then received is these North Korean ships into port. Well, what's the significance of that? I mean, really, what is the significance? So what? Big deal, right? Or is it? Well, the reason I found it particularly interesting is this. As I have said time and time and time again, that North Korea, the North Korean communist regime family business of this bloody Kim family is not what it's made out to be, not what George W. Bush said it was, not what Condi Rice, Condoleezza Rice, said it was, not what Donald Rumsfeld said, not what Dick Cheney said, and so on and so forth. Instead, instead of it, being this rogue regime, independent operator, rogue regime. It is not. It is a satellite slave state that operates at the pleasure of communist China and the former Soviet Union. And here we have communist China and the former Soviet Union, the gangster state, the Russian Federation of Vladimir Putin, upholding, strengthening, empowering, enabling, facilitating, enriching the Kim regime. That's not by accident. It's not just, well, gee, they feel sorry for Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un. No, 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 (laughs) no, no, they use North Korea. So when you hear about North Korea presenting a threat, a nuclear threat, to the United States of America, you need to understand it, North Korea, represents one of the arrows in the quiver of communist China and one of the arrows in the quiver 
of the Russian mobster state of Vladimir Putin. And it's minuscule little standing army of many more than a million, not to mention its special forces, extremely highly trained special forces, and numerically speaking, the largest submarine force in the world, and ballistics missiles working on intercontinental ballistics missiles and nuclear warheads, this is like a platoon or a division or a regiment for communist China and Russia to deploy and to begin fireworks with and to divert reaction with, divert counterattack reaction with. It's not the only one that falls into this camp. No, no, there is Iran. And dare I even mention our dear ally, Pakistan, Pakistan. And there are others, but such as Saudi Arabia, whom we imagine and we dream is our ally, when in point of fact it's Russia's ally, and we imagine that that it is our ally, Islamist Saudi Arabia, and the list goes on. But again, the reason that I bring this to the fore is it is evidence once more. Now, again, many people would just poo-poo that. It is evidence concrete evidence once more of the direct, intimate relationship between North Korea's vicious, ruthless, bloody communist regime and the vicious, ruthless, bloody communist regime of communist China, or mainland China, if you prefer, and the mobocracy that terrorizes Russia. Well, something else caught my attention, and that was a most recent story which centered in the Middle East, but it didn't need to. But in the Middle East, and this was reference to United States of America pilots being targeted by lasers. Now, when you hear about lasers targeting aircraft, whether those happen to be jets or they happen to be helicopters, attack helicopters, whatever other kinds, you know, the, those chiefly involved in moving troops and recovering troops, uh, rescuing troops and so forth. When you hear about these things, you're probably thinking that must be absolute state-of-the-art, high-tech laser weaponry or something. You know, Buck Rogers, shoot them down with lasers. It doesn't have to be. What I found fascinating in this, these articles was that common garden variety laser devices are being used 
and can just laser spotters. Perhaps you have seen the commercial. I'm trying to think, what is it for? It was for Geico, I think, Geico Insurance, where the cougar, the mountain lion, the puma, jumps up on the hood of the vehicle. There are two guys in the vehicle. They're kind of lost out in the some path, some road in the woods, and this cat comes to play. And they've got a pair of fuzzy dice hanging from the rearview mirror. <laughs> and here this... This mountain lion is looking hungrily at these two guys through the windshield. And one of them gets out his little laser pointer pen and he starts flashing it, flashes it on the hood of the vehicle and then out into the woods and off the big cat bounds after the laser, just like a kitty, just like a kitty cat. Fascinatingly enough, Devices as simple as that can project two miles or more. I had no idea of that. None whatsoever. But everything from soup to nuts, from the most low-tech, small, cheap laser devices on up to those which are much... (laughs) much more directly dangerous in terms of being able to to literally permanently blind and that sort of thing. But that's not necessary to bring an aircraft down. As they refer to this temporary flash blinding of crew members, pilots, co-pilots, so forth, flash blinding where they are temporarily blinded, where they are temporarily disoriented, where it affects their vision without absolutely eliminating their vision. There have been so many incidents. The Federal Aviation Administration reported there were 2,800 lazing, that is laser incidents, in the first half of 2018, 2,800 in the first half of 2018. And there were 2,700 back in this period of time in 2017. Going all the way back to 2004, there have been at least 50, 55,000 such incidents. And the idea that these cheap, little, garden-variety laser pens, laser pointers, laser devices, cat lasers, ones that people can have on a keychain that they can do this kind of damage, endanger the aircraft, the pilots, the co-pilots, in such a way that it can cause a crash, a crash of an aircraft, a major aircraft, that then can take out other aircraft in the sky, 
can take out buildings and civilians on the ground, can turn an airport into an inferno, little things like that, hardly worth mentioning, right? Well, the focus of this was in the Middle East, namely this being done to American pilots who are flying above Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan. But I remember here in recent years, there have been specific incidents of this in Seattle, Washington airspace. And the pilots that reported it reported that these laser devices were coming from communist Chinese cargo ships. Just accidental, just innocent. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's accidental and innocent until it's not. This is all preparatory to violent attack of the United States of America, which would be engaged in many different locations. Do you remember after the terrible Islamo-fascist terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001, do you remember the analysis and so forth that took place later on? No, not, not while the ash was still coming down. Not the round-the-clock coverage where they just kept on regurgitating and reiterating the same things, but instead... In coming weeks and months and years after that, they pointed to the preparation leading up to that. Now, were there any people, you know, like myself, who were warning about the possibility of this kind of thing taking place prior to it taking place? Yes, there were. And I remember one man in particular who died working to save people in the midst of that terrible attack on the World Trade Center towers in New York City and Manhattan. But the preparation, the preparatory phases, the dry runs that were conducted to see how would the cabin crews respond or not respond? How would the luggage screeners respond? How would the gate agents respond to this, that, and the other thing? To breaches in security? To carrying this, that, and the other thing on carry-on bags? Or things on their person. All manner of rehearsals, dry runs were conducted prior to the big event. The same thing is going on with these lasings or laser attacks 
of aircraft, of military aircraft, but it can be done to civilian aircraft with equally devastating effect. But the target has been, up till now, has chiefly been military aircraft. Main reason for that, of course, is that while civilian aircraft coming down can cause mass casualties and hysteria and crippling of infrastructure and traffic and what have you, that destruction of military aircraft involves destruction of fighting forces. And in addition to that, crippling morale, (laughs) inciting confusion and fear into the enemy. These are things that the Oriental and Asian peoples are very well versed in. Hmm? Well, the United States of America sleeps on, the sleeping giant sleeps on, and yet the enemies, the avowed enemies, dedicated enemies, who have an unquenchable, unrelenting hatred of free government, continue to prepare and to conspire. And meanwhile, they have so many helpers, those behind the scenes, those members of academia who, unlike Thomas Sowell, Walter Williams, unlike them, instead of being honorable and godly, God-fearing, and dedicated to telling the truth, speaking the truth, educating the truth, there are these others who are dedicated to exactly the opposite, to blinding, subverting, perverting, enlisting the support, the rebellion of countless foolish young people. And they use the media to great effect. They use the entertainment industry to great effect. But our military has been subverted for so long in so many respects. Going back to when the military was subjected to the social engineering of the U.S. Supreme Court. But more on that in a moment. I'm Brad Thomas. And this is after all is said and done. Whatever is good, true, right within these programs is thanks to God Almighty and his holy son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's wrong or lacking or erring, that's on me. That's due to me. The military... Courtesy of our court system, chiefly at the top of the pecking order, the United States Supreme Court, engaged in this emancipation of the military academies, the military preparation academies, 
the schools dedicated to educating, to training, to forming, to maturing the future leaders of the different branches of the military. And emancipating the military ranks themselves and engaging in greatly leveraged affirmative action, not focused just on racial diversity. (laughs) No, 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 no. But very heavily on the feminization of the military, the neutering of the military, the unmanning of the military, the subverting, corrupting, and perverting of the military, attacks on Christianity within the chaplaincies, promotion of everything from Satanism, the Church of Satan, to Islam, and so on and so forth. Just extraordinary. This has been going on for decades. Jimmy Carter, dear old Jimmy Carter, trust me, Jimmy Carter, James Earl Carter Jr. of Plains, Georgia, graduate of the United States Naval Academy at Annapolis, Maryland, the state capital there, He chose to go into nuclear submarines because he calculated that he could get further, faster, and achieve greater power for himself by so doing. And he hitched his wagon to a powerful man. And anyway, but he got, oh, you could say just. I don't know, charmed away, right? He ended up, I guess things didn't go absolutely as perfectly as he hoped. He ended up becoming a civilian again, a peanut farmer, and entering politics. And when he ran for president of the United States of America, to the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of Americans, myself included, He was an unknown entity, obscure. And so what was his pitch? He's the predecessor, really, the forefather of Barack Hussein Obama with regard to these things. What was his pitch? It was, wait for it. Trust me. That was it. In a peanut shell. That was it. Trust me. Okay? Same thing with Obama. Trust me. It reminds me of a show I saw, TV movie, whatever. And the daughter is reminding her father that he taught her that when people... Say to you, trust me, red flags should go up, and it means do not trust them, whatever you do. Liars lie, deceivers deceive. 
Do not trust these individuals that are eliciting your support, your assistance, your votes, your everything else in response to a call for you to trust them. But unfortunately, of course, many people did trust Jimmy. I did. I voted for him, but I didn't trust him. But I knew what Gerald Ford was. <laughs> I knew, at least I knew somewhat. I knew better what Gerald Rudolph King Ford was. And I didn't trust that. <laughs> and so I was given the option between Ford and Carter. And so I went with Carter, just hoping against hope that he wasn't as bad as Ford. Gerald Ford of the Warren Commission the uh, token Republican there to toe the party line and so on and so forth. But anyway, Jimmy, Jimmy did his level best as president of the United States of America to weaken the United States military. How can that be? We're talking about a veteran, not a veteran of war, but a veteran of the military. How could he be an enemy of the military, and thus of the United States of America, ultimately. How is that possible? (laughs) Well, dear old trust-me, toothy, born-again, Southern Baptist, Sunday school teaching, Jimmy Carter, unbeknownst to the overwhelming majority of the United States of America's population, was known as being a cunning, ruthless, conniving politician, exceedingly ambitious and ruthless to the core. But he looked like Mr. Roberts, didn't he? Hmm. And he has continued to this day Oh, my gosh, what about Habitat for Humanity? Oh, he's just such a good man. He has continued to this day to work wickedness around the globe as with regard to Israel, weakening Israel, weakening the United States of America and helping their enemies to great disservice and greatly jeopardize these nations. But it carried on, this continued with Bill Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton and Albert Arnold Gore Jr., who were absolutely at war with the military. But they were so (laughs) hateful towards the Secret Service. It was just Remarkable to law enforcement. They use law enforcement. Bill used the state troopers back in Arkansas, back in Little Rock and elsewhere in Arkansas, as his personal private police force, his state police. But then we come along to Barack Hussein. Trust me, Obama. 
the most transparent of presidents and all that. And the same thing, a vicious attack to gut the military, to pervert the military, literally, to pervert the military, to seduce, to corrupt, to pervert the military. And every year it gets worse. The promotion of people to power within the military that are at odds at the core are at odds with what America was created to be founded, to be intended to be what its core values and principles were to embracing the exact diametric opposite. And all of those who don't go along with that program are shown the door, are kicked out, are slandered, are libeled, are persecuted, are driven out. And those who are their kinds of people are promoted up the ranks. Resulting in a military that is unable to protect these United States of America. United States of America has been attacked on so many fronts for so long across this nation. I'm not talking about far away where we've been bled to death over in Iraq and Afghanistan, courtesy of George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, and so forth. Wolfowitz. No. I'm referring to what has been done in peacetime <laughs> at U.S. bases, U.S. military facilities, U.S. military installations, United States military academies. And when you hear United States military academy, that invariably is referring to West Point, as in Army, as compared to Naval Academy, Navy, Marine Corps, and Air Force Academy, Air Force, but, and then there are other academies, which are not expressly academies, but used to serve that purpose, VMI, Virginia Military Institute, and so forth. But there has been such a full-court press to diminish, to corrupt, to weaken our military, to weaken its resolve, to weaken its fiber, holding sodomite so-called sham marriages at our academies is damnable, utterly damnable. It does not bring the favor of God on this nation. It does not bring the favor of God on our military. But Thomas Sowell wrote a column concerning this emancipation of the military. And the only uh, dispute I have with what he wrote is that, in my view, it's entirely too gentle and diplomatic. It's like with regard to the U.S. Senate. I could not stand it. Not that I could ever be there because 
There are others with no previous political, elected political experience who are elected to the U.S. Senate, who start off in the U.S. Senate, don't even bother with Congress or mayorship and anything else. They start right off with the U.S. Senate, but they are of a different persuasion from myself, to put it mildly, and they can take the fast track and they can go there. But the U.S. Senate has its incredibly floral, gentlemanly protocols and way of speaking concerning one another and so forth. Oh, there's all kinds of rotten stuff typically uh, engaged in by the Democrats, though it could be also by uh, some, (laughs) by the communists, the out-and-out communists, uh, which, uh, but, or the greenies, uh, shall we say. But the best people in the U.S. Senate, they think that they have to abide by these Marquis of Queensbury rules and talk about the gentle lady from California, Kamala Harris or Dianne Feinstein or, you know, the former gentle lady from New York State, Hillary Rodham Clinton. So gentle, so genteel. No, I I couldn't stand it. (laughs) Couldn't stand it. But that's my only complaint about what he wrote. He cited, without giving the numbers, he cited the prevalence of pregnancy aboard U.S. naval vessels, which years ago was cited as being above 10% at any given point in time. Above 10% of the women aboard the ships were pregnant at any given point in time. Well, that certainly goes along with military preparedness. And he cited the matter that having men and women shoulder to shoulder in these places was contrary to undistracted, focused military readiness, (laughs) to put it mildly. And he said that these kinds of distractions could be nothing short of deadly, disastrous in wartime circumstances. He also went on to reference this war against good and godly, talented, experienced combat leaders in the military being run out of the military, forced out of the military to be replaced by those who were less than outstanding in every way. It's just a prescription for disaster. I mentioned (laughs) this matter. I believe I mentioned this previously, but I will revisit it in case I fail to. 
And I might say just a closing note there with regard to our wonderful military. We can have the most outstanding special forces, those who are still alive, those who haven't been targeted for destruction. Personally, I believe with complicity from the highest ranks of leadership in the United States of America to punish them for taking down Osama bin Laden. But and I'm talking about going back a ways, <laughs> predating our current president. But we can have the most outstanding special forces. Let's say that they are head and shoulders above Russia's and communist China's and North Korea's and Iran's and so forth. Let's just say they are. I don't know that they are, but let's say they are. So what? That is a microcosm of the military. A microcosm. And meanwhile, our nuclear weaponry, which is nightmarish, but it has been (laughs) reduced monstrously while the nuclear stockpiles in Russia, communist China, and elsewhere have been ramped up. Is nuclear warfare a nightmare? Yes. But we are ever so much more likely to suffer that nightmare given that our nuclear stockpiles, our nuclear arms, are instead of being preeminent in the world, are secondary to those of Russia, China, and so forth. But men and women, shoulder to shoulder. But now, of course, promotion of sodomites, shoulder to shoulder, with decent people. Yes, yes, I make that distinction. Sodomites are not decent. They're indecent. They're depraved. According to the Bible, how dare I say such a thing? It's true, people. (laughs) And now the, oh, cause celeb of the major media, the darling transgenders, cross-genders, third-genders, whom, again, our current president has championed. Yes, you heard that from me. He has championed those through the beauty pageants which he used to have. But there was this terrible murder in the Bronx. 15-year-old boy was dragged out of a Fordham Heights bodega on June 20th, and he was slaughtered by a gang full of the Trinitarios gang. Hmm. Well, those sound like good all-American boys. A dozen of those Trinitarios gang members have been charged in this monstrous murder of this 15-year-old boy, which was captured on video. This is something that we have gotten as a result of our porous borders and our terrible immigration policies. 
the president is highlighting the contributions of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which is vilified horribly by all of the major media and all of the lesser media of the Internet and so forth. But who, by and large, have worked to protect the people of this nation? They, the border patrols, what have you. The United States of America is suffering, truly. But it's nothing like the suffering that it is headed for, thanks to all of these assaults on America. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.